0: Hey friends, this is Linda, and you're listening to Calling Water. Each week on our podcast, we look at a passage of scripture and ask ourselves two questions. What does it mean, and what does it call us to do? In today's episode, Why Do You Stand Here?, we're looking at the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and Acts chapter 1, and how our stories can and should involve following through on Jesus' parting words to his disciples. Let's dive in. So I love reading and watching films. I'm not saying this to be pretentious, like, oh, I absolutely adore literature, because let's face it, a lot of the stuff I read is young adult fiction, and a lot of the movies I watch are not Oscar-nominated dramas. But I enjoy great stories. I go where the stories are. But as much as I love a great story, I loathe happy endings. I know, it's very strange. My favorite kind of movie or book endings, unlike most people, is the weird cliffhanger ones where we have no idea if the conflict was actually resolved. Like, I prefer that the main characters don't end up together. I know, I'm dark, but to me, happy endings where the guy gets the girl and everything gets wrapped up in a neat little bow, first of all, is just too perfect, which takes away from the credibility of the work, and secondly, it sets the rest of us up for some very unrealistic expectations in our own lives. I promise, I'm not usually so cynical, but when it comes to movie plots, I am very much so. See, I like it when I'm done reading a book or watching a movie that I get to chew on it a little, you know, wonder what could possibly happen next. I like that unsettling feeling because I personally just like speculating what a particular ending meant and it keeps it open-ended enough for a sequel even if desired. The Bible passages we're looking at today is in many ways that kind of ending. Let's briefly look at the story of Jesus' life thus far. I mean, this is by no means a comprehensive summary, but I'll try to hit the main events. So, Jesus was born via immaculate conception, he was birthed in a manger, and then there's about a 30-year gap in his story. And then he starts surfacing as a great teacher and miracle worker, and he gains a sizable following, but just as sizable is his opposition. After a mere three years of public ministry, Jesus is found guilty of something, mostly just pissing off the religious leaders by challenging their traditions and way of life. He is crucified. He dies. Then on the third day, he comes back to life. Then he goes to heaven. So in this storyline of Jesus, that's as complete as it gets. He's literally not even on the planet anymore. But in both Matthew 28 and Acts 1, We, the readers, are not left with a sense of finality. We don't, at this point, after Jesus goes to heaven, think something is over. We don't close the book and go, huh, that was a great story, the end. Because now the disciples are on their own. Acts chapter 1 verse 10 tells us that they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. I mean, it's the first time someone's been taken up into the sky in front of them. So I get that they were perplexed, but I'm also of the opinion that they just didn't know what to do. For those of you who know me, I'm very much a take charge kind of person. I like making decisions. If we go to an amusement park, I'm usually the one with a map and the schedule. I kid you not, in many of my social circles, we would never eat or do anything for that matter because most everyone I know never has an opinion about anything. I'm down for whatever, and I, lucky me, get to choose the whatever. That's why sometimes I love the rare occasion when someone says, hey, let's do this. Let's go here because it releases me from the decision-making duty for once. I get to be the one that's down with whatever and just follow along with the plan and I just get to enjoy my day and oh, I finally get why you guys do this. Sneaky. Anyway, the disciples, as we have witnessed, are not unopinionated people. They have opinions. And they, as we find out in the book of Acts and elsewhere, have leadership. But when Jesus was with them, they didn't have to make any of the calls. They trusted Jesus implicitly and just went wherever he went and did whatever he said to do. And now they were in the driver's seat. They would have to make all the calls, and the enormity of that responsibility was probably overwhelming and even a little terrifying. So as they're looking heavenward, two men dressed in white appear, and they say in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, "'Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky?' The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The message these men, presumably angels, give to disciples is this. What are you standing around staring up at the sky for? Jesus left, but he'll be back. But in the meanwhile, don't you have something to do? And they're right. Because before Jesus ascended into heaven, he left them two notable parting words. The first is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18-20. through 20. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the second part is in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. When asked when Jesus would establish his kingdom, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, these verses are the key to the disciples' next steps. What do they need to do? Go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to be witnesses of Christ. Cool. Now, how are they going to do it? They'll have the power to do this. When the Holy Spirit comes on them. And where are they going? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Translation, here, there, everywhere. Now we call this the Great Commission, as in what Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and do. We usually relate this to overseas missions and other missiological work, but the Great Commission isn't great because of its scope. It's great because it was Jesus who gave it, and it's something all of us are able to do. As followers of Christ, we have a visceral obligation to share the good news with others, yes. But it doesn't always need to be some grand event we can share Jesus even in the smallest exchanges in the simplest terms Jesus wants us in every opportunity we have to share what we know and have experienced with vigor and with authority now notice that word authority comes up in both the Matthew chapter 28 and Acts chapter 1 texts in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 Jesus says All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And in Acts chapter one, verse seven, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. So before Jesus gives the mandate to the disciples, he establishes his authority in relationship with the Father. Now, we were talking about stories a little earlier, and what a coincidence that the word authority has the word author in it. In fact, these words are derived from the same Latin root, which we won't get into, but we see a clear transference of authority or even authorship from God the Father to Jesus the Son and then to us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Essentially, we get to be the authors of our own stories. So take a moment and think about your life story thus far. What has it mostly been about? How has this great commission to go and make disciples been a part of your plot arc, if at all? But just as Jesus' ascension to heaven was not the ending, but rather the beginning Your story is still in the making. No matter where you are in your walk with God, there are still so many more chapters to write. So we can be encouraged by that fact. This past week, the country took a collective exhale as police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted and found guilty on all three charges brought against him in the death of George Floyd. And it was a victory that was hard won and also short-lived because even before the verdict had been reached, the world learned of yet another fatal police shooting, this time of 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant. It's tragic, and it's also emotionally draining. that this one conviction is nowhere near the end in the fight against racial injustice. The work continues, and in many ways, the work begins now. This is the kind of disciple-making, baptizing, teaching to obey what Jesus commanded kind of call to action we need to engage in. The early church went on to endure all kinds of persecution for their faith, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know that they were able to withstand every force against them. But today, the church has somehow become the oppressors. So many are invoking the name of Jesus to spew hateful rhetoric and contradicting everything Jesus himself stood for. Others are just standing still doing nothing. The name of our podcast, Calling Water, is a reference to an old, more rural practice where water pumps needed a small amount of water to call out the standing water inside the pump and to siphon even more water out of the water source. And I feel like many of us, especially with the pandemic, have grown comfortable with just being standing water That kind of stagnant water is generally lukewarm and fetid and even poisonous. It's only when that water gets called out that it can be of use. So I ask all of you, as the two men in white asked the disciples, men and women of Galilee and wherever you might be, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. In the meanwhile, we have work to do. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have entrusted such a great commission to all your children. Even knowing how valuable this calling is, how often we simply ignore it as though you were not speaking to us at all that it's someone else's job to do the work. So forgive us, God, of our indifference and ignorance and call us out of standing still so that we may rush out to become a force for your kingdom. Holy Spirit, guide our stories such that they may be filled with a lifetime of loving you and loving others. In Jesus' name, amen.